Hello and welcome to the Arise and Build podcast. This is Jody Grace and we're here to inspire, educate, and activate believers in Missouri to steward and protect freedom in every area of life, especially here in the heart of America. We're going to be talking about what's happening right here in our culture, how it connects to scripture, and what we can do to bring our conservative Christian values back into the public square. If you haven't already, I'd love for you to go ahead, hit the subscribe button so you can get our updates and join us as we work together, just like Nehemiah and the Israelites did, to arise and build a wall around the great state of Missouri. Hello, everyone. Thanks for joining me on today's podcast. I have a really wonderful special guest with us today. Her name is Bev Aylin, and she has been a grassroots activist for decades in the state of Missouri. In fact, she's probably done more uh, for your freedom and to protect your rights than any other citizen I know. And um, you never even knew that she was out there working on your behalf. So, Bev, thank you so much for joining me today. Welcome to the podcast. I really appreciate you. It's great to be with you, Jody. Appreciate you. Um, so tell all of our listeners just a little bit about you, about your background. You've done a lot of work with the Republican Party. You've volunteered for so many things, but just give people a little bit of a background about who you are and what you've been doing. Well, I guess I had my awakening back in the late 80s, and I was um, an involved Christian. I was in church all the time. I had my uh, wonderful life. I had a wonderful real estate career and my 2.26 boys, and um, uh, my life was normal. And then I started listening to bot radio, and I heard things on bot radio that I never heard at my church. And so I started paying attention and seeing those things in my son's public school that we were being told about on bot radio and some of these other things like the life issue. I never heard about the life issue in my church. And so I decided that I needed to do something. So I, I quit my real estate job and jumped in to save the world. <laughs> and uh, but um, So I haven't done a very good job at that. <laughs> but uh, we started homeschooling, so that was an opportunity. I know at first um, I had met many of our state representatives uh, who were in the minority in the 90s at the state capitol, um, the likes of Todd Aiken, Bill Linton, and others um, who were there fighting the fight in the minority. Um, so they had um, not much of a chance. They spent most of their time strategizing how to defeat the pro-abortion, bigger government um, works of the Democrat Party at that time. And in 2000, the Republicans took the House, I'm sorry, the Senate. And then in 2002, the Republicans um, took majority in the House. Therefore, I laugh because all the lobbyists were on their side of the building. And it was funny for those new people coming in because term limits set in at that time as well. So we had a lot of new people coming to the Capitol. They didn't realize that all the lobbyists were at the Democrats' doors the year before because it, they were the majority and they're the ones that could get bills passed and, and get them through committee and get them through the, the House and the Senate. Um, so it's just kind of interesting that the Republicans who are now in the majority um, were all of a sudden important, but only because they were the majority. 
But anyway, so the first few years of the Republican majority, things were really um, exciting there at the Capitol. We had a, fre- a breath of fresh air. We had pro-life Speaker of the House. You know, Catherine Hannaway was our first Speaker of the House. And there gen- genuinely was a, just like I said, a, a fresh a spirit of fresh air there. Um, things were going better. We were going to have um, more family-friendly pro-life legislation, and we were going to have less government involvement. But over the years, I've seen um, sad things happen where um, more committees were set up and, and um, it just rules were drafted for the House and the Senate, and um, things were just not for the people anymore. Mm-hmm. There were more and more special influences influencing the decision makers and and i know that you have seen in the years that you've been at the capitol that those in leadership really determine what's going to happen or not happen right at the state capitol so um and we're seeing that now in in a pretty terrible way that we have bigger government more intrusive government more tyrannical government and many, and I'm, you know, I'm thinking many of our, our members of the General Assembly just are kind of clueless. They, they, they go along with leadership because they actually think they're going to get their bill passed or have some kind of favor with the leadership. You know, you don't want to go against the leadership because you want the leadership to look kindly on you when you want a bill passed. Right. But, um, you know, that's not the way I, I've seen it happen, you know. Uh, those good bills never get passed, right. you know. Yeah. So, I think, so anyways, um, that's been kind of the way I've seen things. Yeah. Well, I think that you speak again to something that we've been talking about here on the podcast in previous episodes is that we really have a process problem. Uh, you know, yeah, we can talk about individual pieces of legislation and whether we like them or whether we don't, but um, we really have a process problem. And because of that, um, you know, good things, good Republican things aren't getting through. Um, They're passing things. Make no mistake about that. They are passing things. But it's not what you would expect from a supermajority of Republicans. And, um, you know, one of the things that I wanted to have you want to talk about, Bev, is the Republican Party itself. I think that most Missourians really just don't understand how the party works and you have so much experience with the party. Um, you're on your count, your Republican central committee there in uh, Warren County. And um, can you tell us just a little bit, because we, we actually are going to get to the point that we're going to talk about the, the process of selecting the Republican candidate for president. That's what we're, that's the main topic of our conversation today, but can you give us just a little snippet of, how you've been involved in the Republican Party and just sort of an overview of how the party actually functions because most people really don't know. Well, and I'm, I think I understand it's not working like it's supposed to be working, but the rules are set, the party is set up to where the grassroots is supposed to run it. So that's my goal. But back at the very beginning, I, you know, I was kind of clueless, but it didn't take me long to figure out I was a Republican because the Republican platform did reflect my values. I was pro-life. I was pro-family, pro-one-man, pro, um, one one-woman marriage. Mm-hmm. Um, 
and and that the parents had the um, authority uh, over their children, and the government did not, and all those things. So it didn't take me long to figure out I was a Republican. And then um, it, it, it's hard to be involved because, you know, most of us are conservatives. We are very busy. We have our own families, our churches, our own businesses. We we have lives. Um, the other side, um, and we'll just say Democrats right now, the government is their life. So, so it's part of their emphasis. And so it's hard for us who are conservative, we who are conservatives, to want to give up the time to be involved. Mm-hmm. But I urge everybody, especially at this late game, that we don't have time not to be involved. And then when we are involved, we can see those things that need to be changed and, and for which we need to pray and, and such like that. Because if I thought, you know, we were going to come to a solution for our country through the Republican Party, I would have left a long time ago because humanly, we're outnumbered, we're outspent, we're outmaneuvered. It's humanly impossible. But I got involved because it's a spiritual battle right. and I have a God who does miracles. Yes. And, um, so I just walk, um, in that thought that I'm involved in the Republican party because I, um, I, because I have to be, it's a responsibility, right. but my allegiance is to God and his principles. And for the longest time, you know, Republicans did stand for, for those principles. And, um, so that's why I got involved at the county level. It's pretty easy because Warren County is a, quote, Republican county. And if you want to get elected out here in Warren County, you got to be running as a Republican. And the committee, you know, nobody, you know, there's not been much of a, a challenge to be on the committee. It's kind of like whoever wants to can sign up because um, it's, another, like I said, another area of service. Um, but it's important to get involved at the local level because you're, county commission, you know, we have 114 counties in Missouri, and the majority of them are the rural counties, and they have the commission, you know, three commissioners, and um, and you can really make a difference uh, fairly a lot more easily. Well, I won't say that, because at the county level, so many times the, the name is important. Um, right. You know, if you've lived in the county all your life, then people will know you and vote for you and if you're a transplant now i live in warren county so we're close enough now to st charles county that there's almost as many of us that are transplants to warren county as there are them who who were born and raised in warren county so we might have an opportunity in the near future to actually elect somebody who wasn't born and raised in in warren county but um it's important but back to the state grassroots republican um it's set up you know between the county committees Mm-hmm. And then every two years, the county committees are elected. The members of the county committees are elected, and there's townships, and we won't go into that. And then then also every two years, every Senate district gets to elect a committee man and committee woman for the state committee. And that state committee, there's 68 people because there's 34 state Senate districts mm-hmm. in Missouri. And there's two people from each state. Senate district, and so that 68 people make up the state committee, which is supposed to be responsible for the direction of the Missouri Republican Party. However, I've seen over the years, you know, we've allowed the top down, you know, the the governor and and, um, the chairman of the party and all that to set the 
set the tone, and the committee just kind of puts a rubber stamp on it. But it's not. It doesn't have to be that way. The committee people, and I'm new on the committee. I was elected um, in 2022 as the committee woman from the 26th senatorial district. So there's there's a lot of new people on the committee. So hopefully, um, people are seeing the need to be in that decision making. Right. It's going to be a little bit of a struggle, you know, because yeah. you know they don't want to give up power easily. Right. Well, so I just want to encourage you, if you're listening and you're unfamiliar um, with your Republican Central Committee, your county Republican Central Committee, or this this system, um, we're going to start, ta- start talking about it more on the podcast because it actually really is important. And it is one of the ways that you can be involved. And it's not entirely too difficult but most people just don't even under, don't even know that it exists and they don't know how to be involved. So we'll, we'll begin to talk more about how you can uh, be involved with your county uh, committee, your cent- county central committee. Um, but that's really the core of the Republican Party are, it, are these Republican county central committees. And they're made up of, of men and women within the county that are elected positions. You're actually supposed to be voting for your representatives on the committee. And um, so we'll we'll get into that in future podcasts. But um, if that's a new concept to you, then I encourage you to do a little bit of research in that area and reach out if you'd like to start getting involved. Today, yes, because those are elected next year, so they'll right. have the opportunity to put their name out there as a candidate for their township right. or ward um, beginning February 27th, I think, is the, and then there'll be that, that um, month of filing right. um, from February to the end of March. So I would love to see um, lots of people filing, lots of believers, uh, you know, who are being educated and filing for those positions in your county. Um, it really isn't that difficult if you just know what to do. So, but today, Bev, I want to get into talking about our presidential election next year in 2024. And a lot of people, this is brand new, um, for Missouri because we passed some legislation in 2022 that changed how we choose, um, our Republican candidate for president, or at least it's a different process than it was before. So um, I'm really glad that you're here with the knowledge and information to share because I think it's just so critically important that people understand they're not, Missouri citizens will not get to vote on a presidential primary ticket. By going to a election um, poll on right. um, some designated Tuesday in March, yes, right. there's no presidential preference primary in 2024. So, it's going to be at the caucus level. Right. So where we have had those presidential primaries in the past in March at the poll where you go and vote, that will not happen in 2024. Instead of participating in the election in that way, um, it has moved to a caucus process. And you still are able to participate in the caucus process. The only thing that you have to do is be a registered voter in your county. And if you're a registered voter in your county, then you can attend 
your county caucus meeting and cast your vote for uh, the presidential candidate of your choosing, the Republican candidate of your choosing. And Bev, let's talk about that process a little bit and kind of break it down. I want to make sure that people understand the date of their county caucus and that they need to set that date aside um, and plan on attending. And um, that that's really the most important thing they need to take away from today is that caucus date. And and, um, so can you share with us what the date is? and the time of the meeting, and then how do they know where that meeting is? Okay, yes. Um, everybody needs to mark their calendar for March 2nd. That's where the county caucuses um, will be taking place at 10 o'clock. Now, the location um, will be up to the committee to pick and the chairman. Uh, so the easiest thing I can say right now for people across the state is to call Miles Ross at the Missouri um, Republican Party, he's the executive director, he'll be able to tell you who your county chairman is if you don't know. Many of you do know, and or you can call your county clerk, but for sure, you can call Miles Ross at the Republican Party um, office, and that number is 417-812-5078. He'll be able to tell you the name of um, your your Republican County Chairman and contact information, and then that way you can find out what the location is. But in the meantime, March second, Saturday, March second at ten o'clock. Mark your calendar. It'll, be a, it'll probably be a couple of hours that you'll need to set aside for for that. And then the second date, um, or do you? Um, well, let's go through the dates real quickly, and then we'll go through what right. happens mm-hmm. at them. Yeah, that's fine. The, the second date is Saturday. April 6th, that will be your Congressional District Convention. And again, um, I don't even know the time, I think probably 10 o'clock, and the same thing, we'll have to contact the Congressional District, which Miles will know um, that person's, the chairman's name and contact information to get the location. And then the third date is May 4th, that's the State Convention, and that will be happening in Springfield at the um, Expo Center, at the um, Convention Center there in Springfield. And that too, you know, I don't know what time that starts. Um, plan to be, um, many, most everybody goes down the night before. So if a person's elected as a delegate or wants to just go observe, um, maybe going down the night before, because it starts pretty early on, on Saturday morning, like at 9, 9 o'clock or whatever. But that's, again... Um, those are the dates. And then, of course, the Republican National Convention is being held in Milwaukee on July 15th. So those are the four dates we need to know, the most important being March 2nd, because everybody can show up and be um, there for the person they want for president at their county level. That's the first step. Right. So the end result is that there will be delegates from each state selected to go to Milwaukee in July, and it will be that national convention where the delegates from each state vote for the Republican uh, that they choose to be on the Republican ticket in November. So that's, that's the goal of the caucus process, that we're actually selecting the delegates that will attend 
the National Convention in Milwaukee. And Missouri will have 54 total delegates. Now, there are basically two pathways that those delegates get chosen. 24 of them will be chosen from the congressional meeting, the congressional district that uh, Bev just told you about, which is going to meet in April. And then the other, uh, well, then three are already chosen. They are three people from the party itself. So that's a total of 27. And then there are another 27 chosen at the state convention. And that meeting is in May in Springfield. So 27 from the state convention, 27 from the congressional uh, meeting, make a total of 54 that will go to the national uh, convention in July. But the important part for most of our listeners is to know that this all begins, both the congressional and the state convention, uh, that all of it begins at the county level. So the county level is the foundation of it all. It's in a way the most important because um, everybody who shows up to your county caucus meeting, you get to vote. And uh, Bev, let's just use Cole County for an example because that's the county that I live in. So just for the sake of easy numbers, let's say that 100 people show up to the county caucus in March for Cole County. And there's already a predetermined number. Cole County will have 14 delegates to the congressional meeting and 14 delegates to the state convention. Correct? Right. And so when we go to this to the Cole County caucus in March, let's say that there is a hundred people who show up, a hundred registered Cole County voters. And let's say sixty of those hundred, one hundred, vote for Trump, and twenty vote for DeSantis, and twenty vote for Vivek. In that scenario, Trump is the clear winner. And so our 14 delegates from Cole County would be chosen. And when they go to the, the uh, congressional meeting in April, all 14 of those delegates will vote for president, will vote for President Trump. Correct? They'll be voting for the three delegates to the national convention. And if those 14 are Trump supporters, then they will be voting for delegates that are Trump supporters. Oh, that's correct. So, You're, yeah. yeah. And that's yeah. why it's important that everybody shows up their county committee because the, Congress, the CD3 is made up of several counties. And so right. Cole County may have um, the majority. Uh, I mean, they, they their 14 may be there for Trump, but if we have... Miller County or um, some other counties that are in the third for others, you know, like have to still outnumber them. So, yeah. Right. So, but all 14 of the ones from Cole would be there in support of President Trump. And then um, there would be many other counties there as well. So, like, like you said, there would be Morgan and Montauk and Camden and uh, Callaway and... 
I don't even know the rest of them, but there would be several counties in the third congressional district. Um, so there would be several delegates there and each county, if your county has an obvious winner, then all of the delegates are going to be in support of the county winner. It's not right. a percentage representation. Now, if there isn't a clear winner by majority vote, by 50% plus one, then um, as of the first time, you have a chance to group again because, you know, say, you know, the first vote, 40 per, 40 of them voted for Trump and 30 of them voted for DeSantis and 30 of them voted for well, Vivek, <laughs> um, then um, there's no clear winner. And so there's a chance then for everybody to group up and change their their allegiance to your presidential depending on who they think can win. And uh, so then at that point, um, if there's no clear majority winner, they'll send a plurality of delegates. So you could be sending, you know, three of the 14 might be for Vivek and three of the right. four, you know, whatever. So you, see, right, yeah. so you have to have you have a clear majority winner. And, and again, that's why you want as people to show up in the caucus. Yes. Yeah. So we definitely, definitely need for everybody to put March 2nd on your calendar and don't make any other plans that day except to go to your county caucus. And the way that you find your caucus, where it meets, it will be March 2nd at 10 a.m., but your county location will be determined by your committee and your committee chair. And um, I will put instructions for you in the show notes and on the blog how to um, find that location. But from those county meetings, you're going to select four a certain number of delegates to the congressional meeting and a certain number of delegates to the state meeting. And at the congressional meeting, then they whittle down that number. Um, again, there will be delegates voted on to go to the national level. And then at the state meeting, there will also be delegates, uh, 27 delegates voted on to go to the national level convention. So this whole process is really a process of um, calling out the delegates that will represent Missouri at the national convention in Milwaukee in January. But the foundation of the whole process are those county caucus meetings on March 2nd. And also, um, well, too, you know, we're talking about we're showing them in voting, but they also need to look at their calendars to see if they would be able to be offering themselves as a candidate to be a delegate, because it doesn't cost too much to go to your congressional district, because it's going to be in your congressional district. So, you mm -hmm. know, it might be an hour sure, drive or whatever, mm -hmm. and it's in the morning. Now, if you can offer yourself to be a delegate at the state convention, it does mean the longer trip to Springfield and an overnight stay and such. But um, so have that in your mind as well. You might be willing to be a candidate for, for uh, being a delegate delegate to the congressional or and or the state convention right or even um you could end yeah. up being a delegate all the way to the national level convention in milwaukee in july um and it, that's a good point not to not to discount that because anybody who is financially able and time-wise able to do that um yes they need to be uh, ready to offer themselves as a del as a candidate 
because um, we want to make sure that we have faithful individuals up there to to do um, the right thing. Right, right. And the other thing at the county level of importance is we'll be adopting resolutions to make sure that our um, state platform, Missouri platform, is as strong as it can be. So we'll, you know, that's another important thing that's done at the state, I mean, yeah, at the county and at the congressional district um, convention. Resolutions will be offered and adopted at both of those uh, meetings to send on to the platform committee. And then we adopt the Missouri Republican platform at the state convention in June. But we have to make sure that we have as many good resolutions that represent our conservative values of the mm-hmm. grassroots so that they so the platform committee has to hear from us and you know and they can't ignore us because we're all sending in these good strong resolutions right and you know something that I really didn't realize before um, I was so involved is that you know the platform right now the Republican platform, um, I agree with Bev. I'm a Republican because that platform aligns with my values. But there are people who would like for that platform to change. There are people who would like for that platform to reflect, you know, more of an acceptance of um, homosexual marriages. There are, are people who would um, like to see that platform change in a variety of ways, especially, I think, um, in the social areas that aren't as socially conservative as, as I am. Right. But, yeah. um, so it becomes important that we also defend that platform, uh, because mm-hmm. we don't want the Republican party in Missouri to be, uh, any more oriented to the left than what they are already. Yes. Right. Right. Because we use the platform so many times in committee hearings to say, Hey, the Republican thought to this bill is such and such because it's here in the platform. And of course, since we have a majority of Republicans in both the House and the Senate, that should mean something. And so I can see that many of them would like to some of these planks to be different because it's embarrassing them at the um, Missouri General Assembly when they want to adopt policies and bills that conflict with the platform. Right, right. Well, thank you so much for your time, Bev. Um, we definitely want to have more conversations like this, so I hope you'll uh, be willing to come back on and share your time with us again in the future. But I really do appreciate you being here today. And just one more time uh, for all the listeners, put March 2nd on your calendar, block it off, and make a note that you're going to participate in your county Republican caucus. And you're going to do the work it takes to figure out what location that meeting is at. I'm going to give you the references and as much information as I can to make that easy for you. But we need for you to make the phone call, find out the location, make the time to be there at your county caucus, March 2nd at 10 a.m. So thank you guys for joining us. Thank you, Bev. I appreciate you so much. All right. Thank you. Have a great day, Judy. You too, Bev. Thanks. Bye-bye. Hey, thanks for spending some time with me today. I really appreciate it. I hope you found it beneficial and valuable. I'd really encourage you in the next few days to pick up your Bible and grab the practical tools you need to arise and build. 
Don't forget to subscribe and check out the blog at jodygrace.com. I'll see you soon.